Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, kool Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. And in today's episode, Craig McGuff joins me as we review the 4-0 victory over Elche. We also take a look at Ansu and Eric's performances from that match. Before we dive into today's show, a quick word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com Barca. Now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So the prodigal son returns back to Barca talk. Craig McGuff joins me. Craig, how's it going? Yeah, really good, mate. Thank you. Really good. It's incredible to be back. Um, what started out as a as a kind of six-week sabbatical to try and get some stuff in order this side of the fence in terms of work and life and that sort of stuff. I don't even know how long it's been. Um the thing that annoys me the most, right? Every, everything of this is really positive, but the one thing that annoys me is that 
the amount of debates we had about winning ugly and then I go and we start winning ugly. And I'm, I, I don't know whether I would have won or lost the arguments that we were having. Um, I just think the timing was really interesting. But yeah, genuinely, I've missed it a hell of a lot. Uh, and I'm really, really, really excited to be back. Yeah, yeah. And we've been talking a lot for the last two weeks. And yeah, I'm excited to have you back. So we're going to be doing basically the Monday show whenever you're available, obviously. And I'm yep. going to be doing the Monday show. Troy is going to be doing the Wednesday show. Uh, so for this week, he's going to do a Classico preview for the Copa del Rey. And then Remy is taking over the Friday show and he'll have a Classico resume. So hopefully it'll be positive after the Copa del Rey semifinal. But our job for today's show is to review the Elche performance on Saturday night where Barcelona won 4 nothing. Just really quick, another defensive shutout. This was 150th Ter Stegen shutout in his career, which is pretty impressive. But I would say we're going to talk about Ansu and we're going to talk about Eric because I think those are the two things that our community was really on fire about after the match about could have, would have, should have and the future of, the, of these two players. Let's start out with Ansu. You know, obviously during the week, mm-hmm. Ansu's dad comes in and felt betrayed. He, you know, was very upset. Obviously, he's protecting his son. I get that. Uh, but again, you know, with Ansu's stats so far, it's 1,015 minutes played. 10 starts, four goals, three assists. He gets the start on Saturday night. And I think he's, he, you know, I believe that's the type of on-suit performance you want to see. A nice goal taken. But again, as you pointed out in our WhatsApp group as well, you are kind of on the fence about his lackluster in performance as of late. So how, how would you rate his performance against Elche on Saturday night? Yeah, I thought he was fine. And... If this was Ferran, who was also fine, um, if this was, you know, a whole host of players in the squad, that fine would be a generally positive thing. Like if we were colouring, if we were colouring his name in on the team sheet, you'd give him like a decent shade of green. The problem I have with the whole Ansu debate, and I kind of alluded to it in our WhatsApp group, but for those who who haven't seen it or aren't in it, um, if not, why not? Anyway, um, it was that. This is this is in theory someone that we would build a club around. You know, he was the he was the heir to the messy throne and this stuff. And I think if even if you de- detract detract remove, not sure the word is there. I'm rusty here. We'll go with it. Even if you remove Ansu's dad's comments, just in isolation of someone who in theory sees himself and certainly the club saw as um, the successor, I'm not sure it's anything to get excited about. You know, like that, that's where I look at it. The stats aren't great. You know, and I think there'll be there'll be some very fair um, comments that people are now currently shouting at their at their iPhones or their their, their car stereos about. Well, with more game time comes more consistency and stuff, and that's all absolutely fair. But if you want to be the talisman of an elite club in European football, you've got to be doing better than that, right? I mean, I thought he was erratic. I thought he was um, potentially trying too hard. I felt his his play let him down a lot. But then he scored an absolute worldie that sure doesn't remind us what he could do. Like when he was breaking through and really picking up the slack when we were struggling big time, when he really, you know, would come on and take the reins, he scored those types of goals. So I feel I, I feel that's why it's fine. I think he did some bits that were that were really quite bad. And then he obviously did something which was absolutely incredible. And so I think on balance to me, yeah, yeah decent. Nothing to write home about and certainly nothing to be shouting your mouth off about if you're in his entourage, hear that word. <laughs> what about you? I mean, again... In, if we were in a better financial situation, I would say 
Ansu has to ride the bench and we sign someone because he's 20 years old and he just has to get through this, I don't know, this moment in his career. But mm. since we are a dire financial situation, I want to see some coaching. And that's what I'm always alluding to. You know, I, I'm not saying it's completely Ansu or the coaching, but I need to see just something more. And I just, I can't get out of my mind his prior performances where he looked so natural on the left and what is so different now when he's on the left, he doesn't look like he has any connection with Lewandowski. It's always static. The You know, it's like, you know, when you have that player, for example, I think you're going to go left and then I pass right. And it's like, oh, man, and it just continues to do mm-hmm. that. Right. You just can't get that chemistry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've noticed that with Lewandowski with Rafinha a couple of times, especially on the breakaway. So I don't know if it's a Lewandowski type of thing, but, you know, going back to Ansu, I just I cannot believe that the club is ready to if they do sell him at 20 years old already give up on the talent to me i feel as though we need to keep him and try to develop him but also like you said i'm in the same boat it's not a it's he's not a player yet or now to build your whole team around i think Mm. right now i want to keep him i to me i have more faith in him compared to ferran i think Mm. if you know in a moment where we need a goal and, and it's a 1v1, I just have more faith in Ansu to convert that goal as opposed to Ferran. And I'm just really puzzled and confused by this because I don't know if it is mental, coaching, tactical. There's so many, everyone has their theory. You know, if you do the Venn diagram, <laughs> you know, it's just a mix of different things, especially with the injury history he has. And I'm just, I want to have faith with him because he's a Masia product and obviously homegrown. So of course I'm bending that way. But again, I'm just confused because, you know, you, like you said, it's just lackluster. You don't see the spark yeah. that he had before. And I don't know if he's just scared to take those 1v1s like he used to. I mean, take away the goal. Take away the goal. And he was just a guy. You that's know, it. Saturday. And I think that's that's the challenge, right, is that you take away that. But then the, the counter argument immediately is what a goal. Like, what a goal. There's not many players on the pitch that are capable of doing that. I would even think about that. It's the, What I find really strange to to reconcile it in my mind with Ansu is it's so reminiscent of the Ricky Pooch scenario that we had that played out for so long, which is we all wanted the club to stick with him and we all believed in him and we wanted him to do well. And I think Ricky Pooch stood for more than Ricky Pooch did. He stood for an idea and a, and a characteristic and, and this, that and the other. And in the end, he just wasn't good enough. And then he went to the MLS and granted, I don't really follow the MLS, but I'm assuming if he was absolutely tearing it up, I'd have read about it somewhere and I, and I haven't really. I've seen him at a few golf tournaments and that's, that's not to be disparaging, but I mean, it's the only time I hear about him now is if yeah. he's kind of doing the celebrity thing, which is fine. The difference with Ansu, because I might've really triggered people in the start of the sense, the, different, the difference with Ansu is that pre-injuries, plural, unlike Ricky Pooch, he looked incredible. Like Ricky Pooch never, never quite did it. He looked incredible in La Masia and through the age groups and at times in, in Barca B, but he never did it for the first team really sparks here and there Ansu for a bit was incredible so he's clearly mm, he's clearly had it now now I'm not writing him off he's clearly had it my concern isn't coaching my concern is and he wouldn't be the first and he won't be the last and I'm basing it on nothing really but has he either lost complete confidence in his body and he can't do the things he was capable of I mean yeah the goal was incredible but he didn't go and beat men he ran into space he wasn't Mm. He wasn't having to sprint past the player and ride a tackle and do that sort of stuff, which, again, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that 
it wasn't that kind of gun beat two or three men take the tackle take the hit get through contact what was the nfl's yard after yards after contact or whatever he's not taking that he ran into space great finish great goal so is it that is he just lost confidence in his body will he ever recover that i don't know if you remember alan smith that was at leeds for a while ended up at man united in a sitting midfielder role but was like one of the most electric strikers in when world football had an injury just never recovered from it and i can't help but think is he another alan smith the other thing to your point is is yes yeah, has the system changed to a point that he just hasn't been in and around training enough to to pick it up and again the other similarity i would say to the ricky pooch thing is and i put this in the whatsapp group like i refuse to believe managers don't play good players so no. obviously chavi is seeing something that is making him not put him in because in what world with the pressure that you have in that role do you not play your best players there's obviously something going on that we aren't that we aren't sure of so i would love nothing more than for him to take what he, what he's been given I think on balance, you've got to say he passed the test. He scored a goal. You know, he, you would play him again if you if you if you were, would you? If it wasn't Madrid, anyway. So yeah, I think you know he certainly put himself back in the conversation. I'd love nothing more for him to come and and be that figurehead for us. I'm just really nervous for him, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's a really great comparison with the Ricky Pouge thing. Because how long is too long? to wait for him, you know? And yeah. maybe we just need to put, you know, like this imaginary, you know, term limit on these La Masia products of 23. And if they're not, you know, a full on starter, then you loan them and sell them, you know, because if you're sorry, go man. on, no, no, go on, go uh, on. If you're, if you're looking at it objectively from the club's perspective and I, and I was saying this today. So I don't know if you've seen Jurgen Klopp's interview today where he said i'm con i'm conscious that i'm only still sitting in this chair it might it might have been yesterday but i read it today i'm conscious i'm only still sitting in this chair because of what's gone on in the past mm. like, thankfully thankfully the owners are, are understand where i've been you know it's a crazy it's a crazy time at the minute blah 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 but he said I'm, on, I'm only here because of the past if we look at how many players we've kept on for too long we've got some of them still in the squad to be fair but also if we look at how many players have caused problems or whatever elish players like this or players that we've gone objectively how many have we lost that have ever come back to truly bite us in the arse now ansu yeah. has the ability on paper to be one of those he could be but on an aggregate score of the club getting them right and wrong i would sure. argue there isn't many over history that the club have got wrong and if they decide that he's he, it's just not worth it and someone comes in with enough money i think the club have earned the right to make that call so i hope it doesn't happen but for a club that is at times far too loyal, we've also not been we've also not been bitten that many times by the ones that we have just cut the cord early and let them let them go. So I, I don't know what you do with that stream of consciousness I've just kicked out, but it's hard it's, to appraise it for that exact reason. I know, but that's a great point because that's that's the difficulty in this, right? Because with the club being so financially strapped and with the fair play and the whole Gavi issue, for example, you mm. know, with his contract. I think that you have to hold on to this talent at least for one more season because, again, imagine if we bring another player of the level of Ferran again at that price point. I think that is a waste of, of money for me. And I would yeah. rather bank on Ansu and have him already on the team and take one more chance for one more year as opposed – I just don't think a club's going to come and knock our socks off with an offer that yeah, we I can't agree. refuse. You know, That's the other thing. And, and that's a great point. And do you know what's really interesting about the, the the chat that we've had so far is that we're kind of in we're kind of in comparison mode with Ansu and Ferran. Yeah, we're not Ansu and you know bringing in Mo Salah. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah, that's yeah. probably telling in and of itself. I agree with you. And I think, do you remember pre-season when the Kessier signing was announced and we were on about Busquets and we, we had a bet? I can't remember. I've got a feeling I might have lost the other bet, so don't go back and record them. <laughs> but I remember this one um, was, you know, will you, you, you know, Busquets will play loads of minutes, and I was like, I don't see it, man. Like, you know, blah blah. blah. Anyway, and we were on about Busquets and where he fits, and we also had a similar conversation about Dembele, where we were said, right, if you if you redraw the paradigm of what that player means to the squad, you can take a different opinion. So my point on on um, Busquets was, would I would I keep him around with significantly fewer minutes? Yeah, I would. With Dembele, do I see him adding value at half the price? Yeah, I do. I think with Ansu, that's kind of where I am. Like, if there is a tacit acceptance across the board from him, the club, and his entourage, that unless things change, that he is a another good squad player, which is where his performances are putting him right now. You can only base it on performance. I'm all right with that. The problem I have is if we see him when it comes to signing players, improving talent, forming ideals for the next three, five, ten years, or whatever. Ansu currently is a figurehead. He is the guy that will be front and centre on the posters outside the stadium. He's the guy that we, in theory, will sell tickets on the back of. The performances aren't backing that up. So I think it would need a, it would, it needs a rebalancing. One of two things, either rebalancing of how he's perceived it, from within and from, from without, um, or performances have to get back to where they were. And Christ, we'd all like them, that option to be the second one, right? Because he was incredible for a long period of time. Well, a, a yeah. period of time. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing. I mean, again, with the goals that we remember, and just as Remy pointed out on the Friday show, you know, Ansu's goals helped lead for the Supercopa and the Copa del Rey mm-hmm. to get through. And mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. not that he hasn't pulled some of that weight to get us through. But of course, you know, we are a demanding <laughs> group of people <laughs> and that we need more. Yeah. And and the other mm-hmm. thing too is obviously the romanticism of having a La Masia product as we just discussed. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't know what the answer. I really hope it's not an Alan Smith issue. I really hope it's, yeah. it's more of a mental issue and that, that he's still trying yeah. to figure out his bone body because, again, he's 20 years old, right? He still yeah, can yeah. bulk out. And just really quickly, Busquets is the sixth minutes leader as of right now, but by a little bit. So he's still in the, almost in the top five still, wow. uh, especially if you take away Ter Stegen's minutes because he's played every match. But Oh, here we go. Twisting the narrative, mate. <laughs> 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 if we start doing X, Y, and Z, then we're all right. Well, this leads perfectly because Busquets wasn't uh, at the mat or available for the mat. What was he available for the match? I just I forget off the top of my head right now. But Eric Garcia got the start, and this is something I had talked about before because of obviously with the Busquets minutes issue, and I was always a proponent of having Eric Garcia in this position because. I think as a center back, he just causes too many mistakes out there for a center back. You know, I think he's too loose with the ball, maybe a little careless with his decision making. But I think as a center, you know, center defensive mid, I think that's where he could fit. And also some people point out, oh, he's not a great passer like Busquets. But right now on the team, we don't have such ultra elite passing as we once did. We do have great passers like Pedri. And obviously Busquets when he has the moment to do that. But I just think that right now that Xavi is definitely favoring more defensive prowess players. And I think Eric Garcia, I think this could really – and I know it's just one match against LJ, so I'm going to take this with a grain of salt. But what I saw, you almost – you know, you have a more solid defender that can cover a lot more space. And that's always my mindset right now this season. When I think of Busquets is, yeah, Busquets has moments. He has an assist here, a nice ball 
over the top and so forth. But to me, especially when I saw him in person a couple weeks ago, was how he lumbers all over the field. And to me, this is such a young man's game right now, especially at the elite level. We're talking champions, Manchester, this type of thing. And I just would rather go with a younger player that can cover more ground. And that's just how I feel now with this team because I just think Busquets still is a liability on the counters back. What say you? I see you moving your head a little bit. I don't know if you're well, liking the, this the point. First, no, the first thing, like if anyone if anyone's listening and is English isn't their first language, can I just point out how harsh the word lumbering around is? Right? <laughs> it's so mean. Um, yeah, but that's what he was doing. He was it's not wholly inaccurate. It's just really, yeah. really harsh. No, when, um, I, when I when I saw him in person, I'm telling you, when I saw him in person, that's it. Um yeah, fair. I saw that out. I hope I hope he doesn't listen to this. I'm sure, I'm sure he does. Um no, I think I think there's th- there's two things for me on this one. The first one is that irrespective of who plays there, we need to all be mindful of the fact that whoever comes in has to replace arguably the greatest to ever play in that position. Like someone know, that will go that... down. No, no, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying all, all I'm saying is all I'm saying is it is an incredibly hard position to fill because especially while Busquets is still going because the memory of Busquets is still there. And it's not only the memory of that player, it's the fact that he's the greatest to ever do it, in my opinion. So I think that's that's the first one. So I think my next point, hopefully, will have a bit more of a, a balance that. So that's my starting point, is you're asking someone to do an almost unforgivable task. It's kind of David Moyes was never going to replace Alex Ferguson. He should have waited for someone else to go and fail, and he should have gone in next. That's a well-trodden theory. So I think that's the first point, is that whoever, whoever does it is already starting behind the eight ball. I think for me... He was absolutely fine. And again, without making this the most boring podcast of all time, that's exactly what I said about Ansu. Because that is not what we signed Eric Garcia to do in theory, I was I was really pleased with Bine. Like the difference is how you perceive the person playing that. I thought as a, as a first game there, I found it really hard to pick faults. There was a little period of like maybe five, 10 minutes where again, he got a little bit erratic and I don't know what happened. Um, and he lost a few kind of um, his position. His positional play was wrong. He lost his position a few times, stuff like that. But I think on the, over the course of the game, I thought he, he did. He did well. He looked he looked weirdly calmer on the ball in that position than when he does at centre half. Even though he, in theory, had less time. I found that odd. Um, I've never really seen that before, which suggests there's a level of comfort there immediately. I think he looked very um, assured in his play, picked some really good passes, picked some sensible passes, and then also played one, was incredibly good at wide. Can't remember who he went to, but it was a great pass. So I think if we're looking at alternatives, why wouldn't you consider him now, in my opinion? I think he's shown that he can play there. Granted, usual caveat, it's against Elche, it's one game. Sure. We weren't really pressed that much, blah, 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 blah. So don't get me wrong, I'm not getting carried away, but I think, yeah, he was a, he was a seven out of 10 for me, which for someone playing out of position was a great start. Um, I think to your point about Ansu, actually, what where we need to get to as a club, if we assume that the financial situation is what it is, which you know I'm yet to see anything I believe that tells me it's not an utter disaster. Yeah. So if we if we if we take the fact that you know spending will have to be minimal and astute, if we can get players that can play two or three positions well, and well doesn't have to be ten out of ten, well can be seven out of ten, then we've got to be laughing. So I think Eric Garcia has probably just made himself significantly more useful to Chavi than he was two weeks ago. And I'm willing to give it another go. I'm not willing to give it another go against teams who are either going to just run at us or teams who are clever enough that in theory should be able to pass around us. But for your kind of, your average La Liga game, where we need to rest players or we're struggling, 
I didn't see anything that puts me off playing him there again. Yourself? I think that's a great point is that I think he solidified maybe some more playing time against mm. these type of teams, you know, when we yeah. need rest going forward, especially just to finish the season. And, and like I said, because of the financial situation, I think you have to squeeze out as much as you can from an Eric Garcia. You know, he's a player that has been on the outs, obviously, because of the center back pairing of Christensen and Arahu that are just performing at such an elite level. He's not getting any playing time. So how can we do it? It's almost as, you know, when we needed Mascherano to fill in at center back, you know, that type mm-hmm. of situation when Puyol mm-hmm. got hurt and so forth. And to me, I think you just have to use him to spell Busquets because again, mm-hmm. I want to use Busquets to close matches out, not to get 80 minutes of him. You know, I think he could come in for 15 really amazing minutes and just close the game out. And I think like in baseball, you have the closer that comes in, throws yeah. gas, you know, <laughs> for one inning. And I think that would benefit Busquets even, even better as opposed to elongating the 80, you know, 75 minutes mm-hmm. and then putting Eric Garcia in, you know, I, I have faith the other way around. Um, but again, I, I'm open to it. You know, I don't think he, like you said, seven out of 10, he, he looked fine, but I think he's just another player that you can utilize to rest, especially when we have injury situations like we did on Saturday night night, missing yeah. Feathery and, and especially, young. you know, if we look at those games where, I know you're saying bring Busquets on to see games out and stuff, but if, if you look at the games where Man United or at times against against Madrid in the in the one nil, where you need to have players drop back in, where we you know we will have times where we just get bombarded because if you're going to try and beat us, you're probably just going to throw balls in the box. Is what I would do. You know what a great option to have someone that can drop back in as well. So yeah, he's comfortable enough on the ball that he can take the ball out and pick a pass. But also his default when the ball's going into the box will be to defend like a defender, not defend like a midfielder. So I think those games where you are going to be under the cosh a wee bit more, um, assuming that it's not all, you know, based on pace, I think he's a great, I think he's a great shout. Like, you know, and if, if you're looking at the kind of depth chart, you you want, you know, two absolute shoe-ins in every position. But you need a few of those players that can just play wherever you put them. Mascherano's a great shot for that. Sedo Keita used to be an incredible one. Yeah. You know, those players that can play across the entirety of the front line. You know, you, you need those people who aren't on mega money, who who lower the club, aren't going to kick up a fuss, aren't going to have their you know uncle's third cousin's dad say something in the press. <laughs> you know, you need those you need those players that are just going to be around the squad and and you know, based on the very little that you see published on social media in a very manufactured way. But he looks like someone's like a fully integrated part of the squad. So again, you know, it brings something else a little bit different. He's 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 played a lot of football at a good level, Eric Garcia. Yeah. So if we're trying to invest in the young players, you want those players that are going to be there to guide people through without ego. You know, the Diego Melitos of this world that are going to allow yeah, people yeah. to come on with them. So I think I think he's he's sensible on all fronts, really. I just have the mindset that we're not going to be able to make splash player no. signings coming up. And so how do we optimize this roster that we have? You know, I think we know what we have on defense, which is great. You know, that's youthful, you know, fast. So that's that's solidified. Midfield, for the most part, yeah. I would say the shakiest part is just some depth issues and obviously mm-hmm. the front three of just getting more consistency on the front three. But, you know, for example, a player like Frank Kessia, he has become an important player for this team mm-hmm. of finding those moments, obviously scoring against Madrid, but also just coming in. I mean, it took him a while. But I think mm-hmm. he's found his groove. And now when he comes into the match, I don't feel nervous 
about him yeah. coming into matches. Maybe I did at the beginning of the season. Now yeah, I feel yeah. okay. He knows his role. He's physical enough to really boss some people around, which I like because sometimes we we definitely need that. But I think Eric Garcia could fill that void because also he's got a bit of a little bit nasty streak in him as well. Uh, when, yeah. At times, you know, to lose his temper. Yeah, I was just thinking that exact point when you when you're speaking there was if you saw him play in that position now, would you be like, oh Jesus? Yeah. You know, we've all got these players where you see them on the team sheet and you think, oh, it's going to be a long day. Um, at centre-half, I like him. But at centre-half, it gives me a... Uh, it gives me one of those things where I'm like, I hope you have a decent game today. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if we get another 10 of those performances, I'm never going to go out and buy my son an Eric Garcia shirt. But I'm never going to have that feeling of going, oh God, here we go. Like, yeah. I'd be more than happy with what he offered if we get loads more of them. So, you know, time will tell. But as a first game, I'm not sure what more he could have done. And what more can you ask for? You know, yeah. he's, he's yeah, gone yeah. and he, he was absolutely solid without being glamorous, really, in any area. And, you know, Busquets was a footballer's footballer. You know, <laughs> it, took a, it took a while for him to get to be truly appreciated. So now we look for that sort of play. For a long time, Busquets was that. And, you know, if Busquets had played the game that, that Eric did, a few years ago, none of us would be complaining about that. So that's kind of where I looked at it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I cannot complain at all. I mean, again, the, I think the biggest takeaway too is obviously just getting the three points, one step closer mm. to La Liga title. Especially obviously after a national break. Exactly. So tricky. Exactly. And especially playing there, you know, that's always going to yeah. be a tricky place. Uh, you know, the the people of Elche are planning all year to go to that match. You know, the people mm-hmm. were electrified, but... You know, and the last thing I want to bring up before we just get into a tactical question mm. about the Classico is, you know, Lewandowski gets two goals. And I think that is really important, especially getting some confidence going into the Classico, because before then, I think he had three goals up to that point. And but also yeah. just looked really clunky. I mean, with his first touch and and I told you before the the partnership with Rafinha on the counters, they always look like they've never played with each other. You know, one would go to the through ball and the other one would do the opposite. And so I think it was really important for Lewandowski just to visualize, remember how great of a number nine he is. And hopefully uh, he's a, you know, a bit more into follow for this Classico because mm. we desperately need him to show up because in the last Classico, he had his moments, you know, but he's still yet to really make it a really firm imprint on this rivalry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh... <laughs> I mean, think about if he just scores a nice goal, two goals, that just gives us that cushion, a little bit more confidence running the match. Because, again, you know, we are still – we don't have our Gala 11. We are injury-riddled, you know, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just – I want big stars to show up for this Classico, you know. We could just go down the list, you know. Zlatan did it. Eto did it. Henri did it. Luis Suarez did it. I'm still waiting for Lewandowski. Yeah, they weren't getting mistimed crosses from Ferran to work <laughs> off. Um, I feel for no, I do. I, I feel for Lewandowski a little bit at the minute. I feel like if he plays, and it, it's tricky, right? Because it's ifs, buts, maybe's again. But if he plays in most other Barca squads over the last twenty years, like he's he's banging him in left, right, and centre. I feel he's doing a lot of dirty work at the minute. And yeah, some of the runs and stuff aren't getting found, or he's not making them. Don't want to be entirely entirely you know blameless here, but. He's doing so much grunt work. And I kind of alluded to this when we, we got asked the messy question and we will try and stay away from that if we can, because it's going to go on forever. But um, we've got about another what, six months to talk about that incessantly. So, you know, I, I, when I mentioned about the messy thing, though, where I was like, 
he needs he needs better service because you know he isn't that striker that will go and make goals for himself and you know i think someone like a messi would benefit from the fact that he Lewandowski is always occupied and always occupying he must be a nightmare to play against you just get kicked and elbowed and harried and rushed and and so i think suarez yeah, yeah, like him him and Suarez are one and the same type of player. It must be minging to play against right. them. And I see the same I see the same things. And the problem that we had with Suarez, if you cast your mind back, is if Suarez didn't score at times, he looked massively counterproductive. But then he bags a goal, he nicks a goal, and he looks amazing. But the work he does for other people is just incredible. So I think I don't think Levin, uh, I don't think Lewandowski lives and dies by what he does this season in terms of goals or really goals in big games even though that's a bit hypocritical from me i'll be i'll be honest and you know I, I would hold other players to different to different standards because the work and the space that he generates of people up top other people have to take advantage of a little bit more so it doesn't leave him complete carte blanche to do nothing but you've got you've got that suarez type player there's also an element that says we've got to be, you know, backfilling behind those runs and behind the fact he's got two on him and behind the fact he's just bulge, you know, bulldozes play, player over. It can't all be about him then finishing it as well. Because I think if we say to him, right, you're just going to stick on the penalty spot, just be there to go and poach goals, you lose that big gap in the middle. So I don't really know which side of that I would fall on more when it comes to big game midweek. But I do feel like goals don't tell the full story at the minute with how he's having to play. But I don't I think agree. you agree with me based on how you've distracted. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, fair, fair, fair. No, because, because this is the thing. Of course he's going to do all the dirty work. And that, that's part of his job. And that's what makes him great is that he was mm. able to do that and also be clinical and score lots of goals. I'm just saying that it's already – this is now what? The fourth Classico, the fifth Classico now of the year? And he has really yet to have the Lewandowski game. That's all I'm saying. I just want him to have that performance to – you know, make a moment for Kool Aid for for this, and also just need to play him a game, doesn't he? In your head, exactly. He <laughs> needs to have a you know to propel us to the Copa del Rey final. I mean, I think that mm. will you know. Look, he's already done a lot already this year. You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. like you said, if he's done in another Barca team, he's you know <laughs> scoring 30, 40 goals already, right? Because of the service, yeah. and I, I totally agree. But at the same time. He's a poacher. He can take shots from outside. He can do a lot of different things. And I think that's all I'm looking for. He's going to be the difference for me because in the last classicals where it's been really tight, it's because he's missed the target on a couple uh, shots where normally he would be able to convert or has converted. And so that's all I'm mm. looking for. Be hit for him. Yeah, to be I'd the love difference. to see it. Yeah, yeah. But also especially since, again, our team is so – uh, riddled with injury going into this match again. Because, for example, yeah. is Frankie De Jong going to start? And I imagine he will because it's a Classico. But again, mm. you know, he's coming off injury. The worst situation for me is he starts and only plays 20 minutes. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, that, yeah, that just Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Last thing before we, we finish the show is just obviously Classico is Wednesday night. And we got a question, obviously, from the Patreon group about the tactical situation that is happening with Xavi. And basically, it's, you know – does Chavi resort to what's been working or does he try to change it up to counter the counter? This is where it gets dicey. What do, what do you think? You, I, 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 I believe I know what you're going to say. You, you keep going with what's been working, right? hundred yeah. percent. I think show over. Let's go home. <laughs> no, 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 no. If, 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 if you, if you look at it though, right. If you look at it though, how many times, how many times 
have we even as neutrals if we can be neutral but as neutrals but certainly city fans and at times when pep was with us looked at pep Guardiola and gone why have you just changed that what what you've you've outthought yourself I, I hate it i absolutely hate it so i think unless there is something that we've seen i didn't watch madrid's game yesterday was it yesterday it was yesterday i didn't watch that game yesterday but they absolutely battered them so they've obviously done something well unless we see something on film that suggests that we are massively open to something that we need to prepare for I don't see why you don't just keep doing what we're doing. Like you, you have to go and put the best best version of yourself on your, on the pitch. So you know, let's assume that we went with the same starting eleven that we did mid uh, at the weekend. Hypothetically, I don't think we will, but let's assume that we did, and we think actually Eric Garcia is going to get torn apart for whatever reason. Then fair enough, you change him. But unless we've seen something explicit or obvious that tells us we're onto a hide into nothing, I think you've you've got to stick with the system that we're playing and. The vast majority of the personnel that have done that, so you know, to me, Alba drops. Um, yeah, and, and so yeah, I, I think you make a few personnel changes, but systematically, I think we keep doing exactly what we're doing. How about you? Yeah, and I think, especially with the success that we've had so far of recent form against them, and I don't, I can't explain it, you know, because on paper, you know, just how we've performed against Manchester United, Bayern, and I know it's all. Like nothing just makes sense right now in European football the way these teams are matching up against each other. We just play really we just match up really well against Madrid. And that that's great. Because there's one thing that I am so confident in, and that is Arahu against Vinny Jr. And that to me, uh, right? That <laughs> that's that to me gives us this team so much confidence. It doesn't matter really who else is on the on the field for us because Taking Vinny out and frustrating him to believe, and also since we're going to be at home, it just gives us that that edge, right? And again, the way Kunde, and again, Alba's going to be dropped because Balde gets in there. All of a sudden, that defense just becomes more solidified. Then you yeah. put Busquets, then you put Rafinha in there, maybe. Hunt. Now all of a sudden, just taking Vinny out because Madrid have not been able to show anything different that works because they try to put Vinny up the middle. Great. Have him come up the middle and, and and silo him in, you know. Mm-hmm. And to me, they just haven't been able to find that. So for you know, you know how my stance is for Champions League matches to try to change things to get the win. But no, for for this match, I think we've proven that the last three matches our system has worked with with our least starting eleven. You know, we were able to get that one nothing at the Bernabeu, and I think anything from that, the team continues to grow confidence against Madrid. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think the keys are exactly what you just said. I think, yeah, Rahul clearly, clearly has Vinicius on I love him so much. Um, you know, and you just get these matchups where inexplicably a player who's inc- obviously incredibly talented just can't do it against this other player. And I think what you've got there is Vinicius' worst nightmare. And I think, you know, Correct. long may that continue for us. But it also leads is that, you know, Cruz and Modric are obviously incredible footballers. Like it would be, a, it would they be were. so partisan to say otherwise. I would say, I would say they still are. But um, what they don't do is what they don't do now, and maybe never really did, is they never turn you and run past you. And so, if you've then got Benzema up top, arguably one of the greatest finishers in that we've seen in world football in the last however many decades, but he's also not going to turn you and run past you. The one thing that you would say as a Barca fan, you don't want your defense having to do is turn and run. Yeah. So I think you've got, you know. You've got this massive amount of space that is where football is played in front of us. And that is absolutely perfect for us. And that's why I think the system works, because it plays entirely in the strengths of our of our the core of our players in that kind of back back to middle third. Um so then all it relies on is, you know, not doing anything stupid from from long shots, 
Pestegan's in incredible form, alluded to that earlier. Um, and then up top, we just need to find a goal. And because we've been so solid, and yes, it's amazing to go and win 4-0 and 6-0, but because we've been so solid, a goal's won it. And I back us at the minute to score. I don't know how, but you know, we seem to just be finding a way, whereas I was saying to a friend of mine who's not a Barca fan, we're finding a way where we never did over the yeah. last couple of seasons. And so it's like, well, if we can, if we can keep a clean sheet, but we're not boring with it, so it's good to watch. If we can keep a clean sheet, which I think we will against this current Madrid team, unless they do something that I'm not expecting, then I back us to nick something from somewhere. And that's why I'm saying about the, you know, I don't live and die by his goals because if that's because Lewandowski's been occupying two players or bullied someone and someone else finishes it, amazing. I don't care who scores it. Like, I don't care if Chavi's brother puts him on and scores a goal. I'm not bothered <laughs> if we win one nil. But we're, we're building it all from that base at the back that just gives me confidence that we aren't going to go and get turned over three nil after 25 minutes. I think all the one nothing matches in La Liga have helped this team mentally just be confident. Just understand what it is just to get that one nothing. You know, yeah. so anything above that is great. You know, and I think they've been tested through, especially since the start of the World Cup after the restart of the World Cup. And I think they've been able to, you know, just get these shutouts and understand there's other ways of winning mm-hmm. where other Barca teams, I may have been more concerned because, you know, as we talked about, whenever they get stopped, they can't figure that way out. They get frustrated, they get uh, disinterested and they, they they don't know what to do. But this team just grinds them out. And I think that ultimately has helped, especially against Madrid, to just be that mentally tough because now yeah. – uh, you know, one of the things maybe I looked at before is, okay, maybe Madrid's a little bit more mentally tough because of the way they did Champions League runs of these last three years. But again, uh, this Barcelona team, the way they are young, hungry, and they basically don't care. They just want to get those points. And I think that ultimately gets us through the Copa del Rey final on Wednesday yeah. night. And I think, you know, as fans, I think we've, we've embraced this new way as well. Like, you know, I, I used to say, I still say, but I used to say a lot on this pod, you know, it's not about winning, man. It's more. There's more. There's more football than winning. You've got to enjoy it. You've got to have fun and stuff. So if we were just grinding out one nils, playing football like Stoke under Tony Pulis or being Hecafe Mark Two, I wouldn't be very happy because football to me is an entertainment sport. What I think is really interesting is that because the team are winning one nil by yeah being solid and being tough, but also still playing really good football, and you can see the gesticulations from Chavia when we're not trying to play football, then I think that brings fans with you. So I think again. Camp Nou could be hostile, man. Like you, you, you'll have been there. I've been there. Where because we're not two 0 up, every every straight pass is getting you know whistles, and it's a different place now. People believe there's a bit of bit of bronca in there. There's a bit of you know there's a bit of fight, a bit of spirit from the stands as well. And I think that has to be that has to be a thing. I dislike them inherently as as a fan base, but it's undeniable that at times the Bernabeu would would beat our team. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they would they would give an edge and an energy and a spirit that we we, we were doing. I think we're finally seeing that, and I think it's a bit of gallows humour at times, and it's a bit of kind of underdog spirit at times. And I think people feel like some of these problems aren't of our own making financially. I mean, they are, but you know, let's go with it. And I think that it, it brings a real togetherness and spirit. And I think that from the from the fans to the the team, you really seen it. It's something that was touched upon um, after the Spain Scotland game, actually. And again, I'm assuming that not many people watch that for very good reasons, but they were talking about in the in the coverage of it here in the UK, very little of it was about the football and most of it was about the fact that the team had reconnected with the country again because for years it was toxic, man. Like people obviously knew Scotland were rubbish, but the team never offered anything in return. And they were saying that, you know, it was spirit that beat Spain that night 
And I think we're seeing that with Barca, where we're willing to get in people's faces now. We're willing to fight for each other. We're willing to go and contest for a free kick. We're willing to trip someone. I mean, Gavi goes a little bit far, but we're willing to do the stuff that other teams were doing to us. You put all that together and you've got a recipe for a team, whereas in the past, we've just been a collection of players, really. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back here for you, a little NFL football. This team reminds me of the 1989 Dallas Cowboys. And the reason why I say that is because in that era, the Dallas Cowboys made amazing draft picks that turned out to be Hall of Famers. Mm. And 1989, they won one game, one game. Mm -hmm. 1990, they won, I think, eight, and they made the playoffs somehow. And then they went to the Super Bowl, NFC Championship against my Niners and so forth, and Exxon, Exxon. What I am seeing with this group of youngsters is what you just said, right? The fight, they're learning how to win together. And it's amazing to me that the turnover, and yet we already have this core group of studs already. Because now, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about the, the back line, right? Kunde, Arahu, and Balde, 24 and under, like crazy, and already playing at a very high level. Then the midfield, Gavi, Frankie de Jong, Pedri. Amazing, right? And mm-hmm. then on top, okay, sure, we're, we're still missing a couple players there. Maybe if you want to put Ansu up there, Rafinha is still pretty young. Okay, fine. But this group, the way they've come together and, and just performing better than we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, I think speaks a lot to Xavi's coaching, but also Incredible, the way yeah. these players have come together and galvanized. And they're just going to continue to get that confidence because next year – they're going to have gone through all this and they're not going to accept Champions League defeat as easily mm-hmm. as they did in the group stages. They are a completely different team than what we did in October against Bayern and so forth. Now we still have loopholes like we did against Manchester United. We still yeah, yeah. And, and 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 you know these type of matches, but but we are definitely trending in the right direction and more importantly these kids are young and gritty, and I love watching them because that's the thing. You know, obviously they're talented. They have the passing that we love. They're the stylistic, but also they have a little bit of, of elbow grease in there as well. Yeah, I believe in them as well. Like, not that this matters really, but they're people who, if they weren't getting paid, and I'm, I, you know, it's a tricky one, right? And my 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 mum's a nurse, so the debate should footballers get paid more than nurses? Uh, you can't win. So I'm not I'm not going to talk about the money they get paid. But what my my, my point was going to be, for 95 percent of this squad, if they weren't playing professional football and getting paid inordinate sums of money to do it, they'd be paying five quid, five euros on a Wednesday and playing seven aside with their mates. I'm sure of it. They're not they're not doing this. And you know what? A lot of them are probably turning up wearing Barca shirts as well. To be honest, you know it's that and. And I, I believe in them. I believe the fact that they want to be here playing for this club and doing this because they love it, not because it's you know it's going to make them incredibly wealthy, which is where we've been a little bit burned in the past. Where I'm not sure how many have cared truly, you know. And and you know when you're under the caution, when you've got to run that extra five yards, and when you've got to go and put that tackle in, and when you've got to go and head that ball that you don't want to head because it's freezing and you're in you know you're up north and it's minging and it's freezing in Bilbao, like you've got to go and put your head in there. There's got to be something in you that isn't a dollar bill that says that's why I'm going to do it. And we've now got a team full of them, largely. Um, and again, that's why I think that we're going to have these these moments like Man United where they're not they're not at a level of maturity that we can just assume they're going to manage games like seasoned pros. But what it also means is we're going to have those games like we saw in the last Classico where they're going to fight for every ball because they want to be there doing it. And you've got to have that trade-off for a little while. And the aim is that you hopefully they kind of go into the middle a little bit and, you know, we, we stop making reckless decisions. 
but short term I'll, I'll take the lessons because they are lessons i'll take the lessons yeah. for the fight that we're seeing every day of the week and that's what that's what's been missing over the last couple of seasons is just that that bit of belief not from yeah. them but with us to them i think just you know we we, we see what we see why they're there and so i yeah. think seeing that you're right testament to javi testament to the group um it's Laporta, man. Everything he touches turns to gold somehow, despite being the shadiest man in history to do it. He just everything he does seems to come up largely smelling of roses, doesn't it? As they say, it's always better to be lucky than good, right? I mean, that's just. Yeah, he's uh... at <laughs> I'd love to know when precisely he sold his soul to the devil or found a lot because he's obviously oh, done it man. at some point. I mean, this was going to be my. We're going to end up as with this, but I just was thinking about it. You know, because of the financial you know, strain that we've been under the last two seasons is because we've discovered this team and had to use the resources because I believe if we still were free spending left and right, we would have brought other players and maybe some of these players wouldn't have got the playing time that they have gotten this season. So, you know, you know, it's one of those things. Anyway, Craig, it's uh, good to have you back Uh, really quick. uh, Patreon commercial. If you're looking for more Barca content, we have an amazing WhatsApp group. It's basically 24 hours uh, since especially we have us in Europe and then we have Remy and Troy in the, in the States basically. And everyone is just on fire lately with different topics and stuff. So if you're looking for more fun Barca content, especially if you're not in a Pena, it's five bucks a month mm. and it's a lot of fun. Anyway, Craig, thanks again for joining me. We'll talk soon. We'll see how Barca fares on Wednesday night in the semifinal. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.